Yeah, welcome back to Rhodium Radio, episode 24. And before I announce my special guest, you know what? Uh, let me go ahead and promote uh, something that I've directed, the Rhodium Mixtape Docu-Mixery, filmed by John Elkins, directed by yours truly, Tony A, the motherfucking wizard. Uh, once again, earlier this week, uh, we released on our uh, Instagram and Facebook that we are on all audio platforms now. Uh, somebody was hitting me, telling me that iHeart wasn't on yet. Uh, give us a couple of days. They actually emailed us and told us that um, it's going to take a couple of days for our audios to be posted up. But we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, etc. on all major platforms. So once again, look for us there. Uh, for those t first, uh, let's just say 10 people that hit us on the super chat for something $10 or more, uh, um, we're going to be giving out merch. All you got to do is just uh, go on your IG or on Facebook, send me your address, your name, and we, we will ship that out to you. So once again, the first 10 people that hit us on that super chat, uh, we're going to be giving out merch, which we'll, we'll announce on our next break. Um, other than that, uh, another announcement that I want to tell you something that I continuously tell people that if you have any request, you want to see anybody on this show, um, you want to send music, send videos, do not DM it to me, do not inbox it to me, uh, and especially do not call me on Facebook. Okay. I, I won't, once I see a link, I will not look at it. I will not answer it. Send everything to rhodiumradio at gmail.com rhodiumradio at gmail.com that's where everything is at send your music your videos questions comments complaints whatever the hell you want to send send it there do not dm it to me and do not tell me hey have you heard my music i will get to it uh, in a timely manner give me time okay other than that um um my other announcement is uh, we most likely will have a double header this week on Wednesday. I will have two artists coming in from the Harbor area. That is the, uh, the only clue that I'm going to give you. That will be Wednesday night. On Thursday, I will probably be doing another interview. And the other hint of the artist that I would be having is somebody from Bron uh, uh, the Bronx from New York. He will be here on Thursday, he has yet to confirm. That was not confirmed yet, but we will most likely be doing Wednesday and Thursday. And let me tell you something. You are wanna, to, gonna wanna tune in to both. But on Thursday, we're gonna be talking about uh, hip hop and the origins of hip hop and why it sounds the way it does. And it is due to this man that uh, I will be bringing in from New York on Thursday. So, but without further ado, please allow me to introduce the talk box queen, Magic Girl. 
Hey, what's up, Tony? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. How was the drive over here? It was actually pretty good. Yeah? It was pretty good. You, you know, a lot of people, when I book them, they um, like to do Sundays because they want to miss all that LA traffic. Right. So that's a good thing. Uh, I know we're still in January. We're still, we still we just got out of the holidays. So before we get going with this interview and what you're doing now, what, what can we expect? And I know there are cer certain topics that you do want to address that people have been waiting for you to address. I want to ask you, how were your holidays beginning with uh, Thanksgiving? Um, they were pretty good. Yeah? Um, we spent them in the new house this year, so uh -huh. um, super grateful for that. Um, blessings always. And um, got to see a lot of family that I haven't seen in a while. Um, so they went pretty good. Okay. Did you cook? Yes, I did. Really? Yes. The, the turkey and everything? I helped with most of it. Um, just because mom is kind of at that, okay, kind of at the age where I don't want to do it. My kids are old enough, you know. Okay, okay. And uh, what about uh, Christmas? How was your Christmas? Christmas was good. Yeah. Yeah. Did you give away a lot of gifts, or are you at that stage now where I mean, do you do you get a lot of gifts, or are you at that stage where you're just giving gifts? Oh, we don't get anything. We never got anything growing up. My dad was like, "Why am I going to buy you something when I buy you whatever you want?" Every day. You know what? That's true. So, but other than that, um, I did do a fundraiser uh, with a new album that I was promoting. It's called uh, Shut the Funk Up. Uh -huh. We raised money for a nonprofit. I did write a checkout. I know everybody's still waiting for their hard copies. We did have a little bit of a legal issue with the... Um, with the distribution. Yeah. So everybody who donated is actually going to get a complete refund and still get their free copy of the CD. We wrote a checkout on behalf of Magic Girl Entertainment to a private nonprofit organization, and we were able to donate $4,000 privately. Oh, that's dope. That's this, dope. this Christmas, compared to last last year, I think we did like three grand. Okay. Um, so that's kind of a thing I like to do every year, use the okay. power of music, the power that I got in the support of fans to do stuff like that because not a lot of people do stuff like that. Right. No, that, that's really, really good. And I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, uh, like for me, like, I'll be honest, I don't give shit for Christmas anymore. You know, I usually just give, give, give. But you know what? Uh, I'm a cheerful giver. I really, really like to give. Yeah, me I, too. I, really I, I don't ever expect anything in return. People are like, oh, we got you. And I'm just like, no, nah, it's, yeah. it's I, I, I just feel like giving you something. Right, you know? right. Uh, how did you spend uh, New Year's? New Year's, I was sleeping. Really? Yeah. No countdown, no nothing? Nah, you can hear everybody in the other room, but I was kind of like a... <laughs> It gets old. Yeah, no, I watched. I stayed home, and I think I was in my pajamas, and I think I was wearing my um, Griswold uh, shirt from the Christmas Vacation Chevy Chase. Mm -hmm. So I pretty much just stayed home. Uh, I'm, I'm not really the party animal anymore. I'm getting old now, I guess. But uh, other than that, again, before we get into what you do, um, I want to talk about how it all started. Like, uh, for an example, uh, what city were you raised in? What did you grow up at? I was born in uh, Bakersfield, California, uh -huh. so um, county of Kern. Um, and I was born in the east side of Bakersfield, so okay. I was in the very grimy part. I uh -huh. guess they call it T Tweaker Central, where it's like. Um, so I lived in an area for people who lived who lived there and know. I lived right across the street from the train tracks on Jackson and Kern. There used to be a park there. It was a very notorious park. We used to call it Hobo Park. Okay. Before the city took it down, there used to be like hundreds of like homeless people and just drug addicts that were just there. And that was the environment that I grew up in um, up until, see, we moved out maybe two years ago. Oh, wow. So I lived in the same house. And prior to that, my dad had lived there um, since he was like 10. 
hmm. 10 or 11 years old. So that's all I knew was just growing up, you know, from the right. east side. I was, in, you know, grew up in the east side in the hood and in the, in the ghetto. Right. Um, I went to continuation high school. Uh, got into some trouble in high school. Got kicked out for fighting. Um, and that was pretty much growing up. <laughs> so I grew. I grew up just Bakersfield. I've always been in Bakersfield. It's one of the you say you say Hobo Park. We got one down the street called we call it Bum Park. Yeah, and that's what we do. You know, they all hang out there. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so if we could back up a little bit, uh, in case people that are fans may one day go through Bakersfield. What what elementary school did you go to? I went to Longfellow Elementary School. Longfellow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, I know this is going to sound dumb, but did you graduate from that school? Yeah. The reason why I ask, because me going to elementary school, I had a bunch of friends that never finished right. elementary. Like, they never got to graduate. And, but it was funny. They actually did go to my graduation just to see me graduate, even though they couldn't. So, right. But, and junior high school? It was Washington Junior High. I did graduate eighth grade year. And then high school was, um, I went to Highland High School for a little bit, mm -hmm. then got kicked out and went to Continuation High School, what happened to be uh, TDS Tierra del Sol, uh -huh. which was a brand new um, Continuation High School for students who needed help. Okay. And uh, I got kicked out my freshman year of high school. <laughs> so I, but I ended up graduating a year and a half early. Oh, okay. So I finished high school at, I graduated at 16 and a half. Oh, wow. wow. High school. So I got out of high school early. So are you what we call a billionaire? Like, did you like to fight? Is that what it was? I have, a, well, had a very bad temper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I could understand because... Couldn't, I couldn't keep, I didn't know how to keep my mouth shut when people were direct themselves inappropriately to me. I didn't, right. I didn't know how to shut up. You know what? I, I think I'm still going through that. So, uh, but I, I try, I try. I think I'm getting better. Even at my old age, I think I'm getting better. Um, at home, living at home in Bakersfield, um, what kind of music did you grow up with as far as like, what would your mother and your father play at home? Uh, would, did they play different music? Did they play the same? What, what, what would you raise with? Um, I was raised with a variety of music. Um, my dad is actually a musician from a very famous band. Um, it's called Grupo Anelo. Uh -huh. They're like in the genre of like the bookies, industria, okay. mafiosos, all that stuff. Grupera. Okay. Um, so I listen to a lot of Spanish music and um, I come from a big family musician. So it was always Spanish music. But I wasn't introduced into hip hop until after high school okay. because I grew up in a Christian home. Okay. So I never really had an interest for the outside because my parents never really taught us what you know, secular music was or, you know, anything mm. that wasn't church music. So when I was introduced to hip hop, it was something totally new for me. So um, it, I think it helped in a way because I had uh, was being influenced by a different type of music genre of music, right. you know, like growing up, I a lot of people don't know that I was actually a drummer. I'm, I'm a drummer. I grew up playing drums at, at church. Wow. So uh, for a long time, I, I played with the band at church and um all I listened to was like gospel music. I listened to a lot of uh, Kira Sheard, uh, uh, to the Clark Sisters, um, Lily Goodman, uh, Crystal Lewis, a bunch of major Christian artists. And mm. I never really, I never, I knew who Tupac and Biggie was. Right. But I never knew anything more than that, like Queen Latifah, DeBrat, like stuff more deeper, right. like deeper rap. I never knew what that was until after high school. Wow. Uh, uh, how old were you when you started playing drums? 
I was about six when I got the interest. My dad was kind of like, no, you're a girl, you know, but after my cousin and um, his friend were kind of like, yeah, you know, she could play, dude, she could play. They kind of just mentored me and right. and it just stuck with me. Did, did, did you want to do it? Yeah, I wanted to. I fought and bit and scratched everybody till I told my dad, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I like to do. It took him a while to accept it, but... Yeah, I don't. Maybe he wanted me to play piano like him or something. But right, you know. okay. And, and, and now, 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 share share with me a little bit about your dad. You said he was in a group. Uh, do you know how that got started and what instrument, uh, what role did he play in the group? He was one of the uh, original members for Grupo Anello. He played the keyboards actually, and okay. it's funny because I didn't know until recently that they called him Las Manos Magicas, which means the magic hands. Wow. And I was like, dang, well, my name's Magic Girl. I guess that's where I get it from, you know? So right. for years, um, he played with them. I think he started playing with them when he was like 16. Mm -hmm. And then they hit big and he did um, stadiums and stuff with like 20,000 plus where he was just playing with all kinds of crazy big names. And, and uh, growing up, that was all I knew. I'd walk into venues and it was weird because people, you know, they get starstruck and, right. you know, I'd see people from like Industria or, you know, big, big bands. And they'd, right. they'd see me and they're like, hey, Mija, where's your dad? And I'm like, oh, oh there, <laughs> you know, like it was that kind of relationship, you know. Wow. So and throughout the years, my dad um, uh, met on a lot of people, a lot of people. I'm still surprised. I run into people and they're kind of looking at me like, hey, I think I know you. And I'm just like, you probably know my dad. Like right. we look exactly the same. Really? And they're like, oh, yeah, the dude with the hair. Yeah, yeah, we know my dad. You, you, I mean, your dad, you know? So. You know, if my daughter's watching this, it's funny that you bring up the drums because I have a, a daughter named Jessica. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. I oh, I never told her this. And maybe I should have done it, but I wanted her to find out her own gifting. You know, she's going to school to become a teacher. And uh, um, she just kind of like, how would you say, backed off. She was a... She started coaching cheer for varsity at my old high school, Banning High School, City of Wilmington. So she was a cheer coach, but she backed off just so she can concentrate in school. But one thing she never knew that I always wanted her to play drums. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I never, you know, never did it for her, but I always, I would have dreams of seeing her play drums, but I wanted her to choose her own, her own way. So, yeah. but now, um, other than drum, did you, when you growing up, did you find any other interest in any other instruments? Um, I've always wanted to play guitar, but until this day, like, I, I, I can't. Really? Like, I, I just can't. So I think it'd be drums and, and piano is like my main, main thing, my go-to instruments. Everything else was kind of like, you know, off. Um, mm -hmm. I did drum line in high school. So oh, I wow. did Black Watch. We did all the competitions and everything. Um, I played, I think I played clarinet in elementary. Oh yeah, I did play clarinet and then saxophone for a little bit in elementary, <laughs> but you know, just band stuff. Um, but other than that, no, I never really like, it never stuck to me. Right, right. You know, it's funny, as much as I am into music, I, I, I try, I, I just, I'm a man of very little patience. I tried to figure shit out. Like I could play keyboards enough to, to tell you, look, I, I want this, you know, can you play this? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Here's what you're trying to play. That's what I'm trying to fucking play, you know, but I, I never had to pay. I actually went to, to a school to teach me and me and the, me and the teacher got into fucking arguments. We keep going back and forth. Don't fucking talk to me like that, bro. Okay. I'm fucking barely learning. Well, you're not fucking listening to me. Well, cause you're a fucking asshole. You don't know how to fucking teach. Like that's how we went back and forth. Yeah. So I ended up getting my money back and I left. But anyways, 
But yeah, I never got into it. Uh, now, um, growing up in the church, uh, well, you, you played drums in the church. You said for how long do you say you played drums uh, in in the church? Mm, A couple of years. About six, and then uh, up until recently, about I think about two years ago. Okay. Yeah, even until about two years ago. Um, and uh, some people would they they wouldn't understand. I would cancel gigs or shows to when they say, "Hey, you know, our drummer didn't make it today. I need we need a drummer for Sunday service." I'd be like, "You know what? I got I can't make it this week, and I'm sorry. I canceled the show completely and go go help out." And I don't think people really understood that. I think it's just uh, the way I was raised. Yeah. To have a certain type of you know respect wow. for the for for God and who He is. Yeah. Um, you know, I respect everybody for what they believe in, but that's just who I believe in. And um, having that that fear inflicted by my parents it was right. always like you know church first, then everything else comes after. And right. I found that to be a blessing, because every time I'd cancel a show, two or three more would come up. Wow, so, that's I, awesome. In a way, so it was good. See, see, to me, I was raised Catholic, and what does that really mean? Absolutely nothing. You know, you could do pretty much whatever the hell you want to do as long as you showed up to church on Sunday. And I rarely ever did that. <laughs> I was like a see me Catholic. What that means, you only see me on, you know, uh, Christmas. You only see me, you know, at a quinceanera. And that was pretty much it, you know. But I never was really a religious person. And like yourself, I, I uh, respect people for what they believe in. You know, I have my own personal beliefs now as an adult okay. uh, that I never try to enforce or try to push on anybody. I like to respect everyone. If anybody asks me, then I'm an open book and I'll, I'll right. share. Same here. You know, and I'm glad that, that you share uh, that. Now, uh, growing up, I've had friends that were in, that grew up in church and then eventually started doing music, secular music. Uh, how did your family feel about you venturing out and doing music outside the church? Um, they really didn't, um, oppose to it just because my parents are more like, you're an adult now, you can make your own decisions. Right. Um, but, uh, my, my father is always the one like, Hey, Miha, if you were to use what you have for ministry, do you have any idea what you're capable of? Right. And it's like, I, I know that it's, it's within my heart. Trust me, I promise. But it's always like, I'm, I'm not ready for it. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's just a kind of like a like a fine line between that topic, <laughs> but they were never against it and they were never with it. If you get what I mean, they were kind of just right. in the back watching like, this is your decision because that's your walk, not mine. Right, okay, okay. Now, uh, uh, growing up in church, you're listening, uh, like you said, you've heard Biggie, you heard Tupac. What, 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 how, what is your first memories, if you will, uh, when you first started hearing rap, who was it? Or where did you see it at? Or who was playing it? or? Uh, do you remember what song that was? It was Biggie, going back to Kelly. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was Biggie. Okay, now what was it? Because that song has more bounce and you play talk box. Yeah. But what was it about that song that you said, that shit is dope? Like, that shit is hot. I, I think it was just the hook, just everything, you know. Mm. And uh, when he dropped the first verse, I was like, damn, that shit's tight. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, and I was just not in my I was asking my cousin, like, what is this? And he's like, that's Biggie, like, you know? When uh -huh. I first got introduced to Biggie, and it was like, oh, dang, that's tight. And then I started, you know, obviously Biggie and Pac are the first ones that are going to come up when you do 90s hip-hop. Right, right. Right? They're the first thing in the search engine. So um, right. that was all I knew. And then I started getting more into depth, and then I started, you know, listening to uh, Daz, Corrupt. Everybody knew who Snoop was, so that was kind of stupid not to know who Snoop was. Right. And Dre, everybody knew who Dre was. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I never really knew, like, like I said, other artists out of, right, you right. know, the 
five golden few that are right. just out there. You know, it's funny because I shared this before. Of course, for me, I was in elementary school when Rapper's Delight first came out. Right. And then the second rap I ever heard was actually from a, a, a white woman named Blondie. She was, uh, uh, she had a song called Rapture and she did her rapping on, on that song. Uh, of course, I got to see hip hop evolved. I'm a lot older than, than you. So I got to see hip hop pretty much from the very, very beginning. Um, uh, me personally, I have a hard time getting into today's music. Mm -hmm. I love Biggie. I love, I love Pac. I met Pac when he was about 19 years old. I met him actually in Oakland. Uh, Biggie. I never got to actually shake his hand, but we were in the same building. He was actually going to go do a mixtape with my boy DJ Jam from San Diego. Much love and respect to DJ Jam. And I said, what are you doing here? He goes, oh, I'm going to do a mixtape. We were in Scanlon Studio owned by Steve Yano in the city of Alhambra. And he goes, Biggie's about to come over here and rap. I said, okay, cool. And, and he goes, do you know who that is? And I go, no. He had just dropped his first album. Right. Okay. So him, he's coming in. I see him. And I, I just remember because I remember seeing his crooked eye. And that's what stood out to me, you know. And I was like, what's up, dude? He was like, oh, what's up, man? But that was it. So I didn't know who he was going to become, right. you know. Uh, I'm going to have somebody on here um, soon that had Biggie actually come to a store. And he didn't know who he was because uh, it was Craig uh, Craig Mack's album that had just dropped. And Biggie was just going along for the ride. And he took a picture with both of them. And uh, he didn't know that Biggie later on was going to blow up. Right. And when Biggie blew up, actually, he called him and he said, can I go to your store, sign autographs? And he said, yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. You know, so he, he, he's, he'll he be coming on here soon. But now, um, did your parents oppose to you playing that stuff at home? No, not at all. No? Okay. No. See, mine did. If, if it was blaring, like where they can hear it, mm -hmm. then yeah, it was like, hey, you know what, don't play that, you know. Um, but also, I, I think the cool thing uh, about my, my dad being a musician, he taught us the difference between, uh, you know, listening to the lyrics and actually letting the lyrics tell you what to do. In right, a sense. right. You know what I'm saying? So uh, he understood that, you know, we just, it runs in our blood to love music, right. all types of genres of music. Right. You know, and I, I found something new. So um, they, they didn't oppose it to it at all. Okay. Uh, and, and around... How old were you when you first said uh, or were interested or started dabbling in, um, I want to start doing some somewhat hip hop, you know, I want to start getting into it. Uh, what, what was the first thing you, you know, if, if you're a male producer, I would say, when did you get your first drum machine? But for you, what do you think it was that you started playing? Was it a keyboard? Was it? A, did you go back to the drums or, that I want to start doing hip hop? You know, um, do you remember when that started? Yeah, I was actually in my deathbed. Really? Yeah. Um, about a couple of years ago, I think it was uh, 2014, wow. my appendix had ruptured. But it ruptured in a way to where it wasn't fully, it ripped from the top and it was leaking. So it never fully ruptured. Hmm. So what happened was, is I thought I had food poisoning. Yeah. And uh, I was sick for a couple of weeks. And what was happening is that all the toxins were, it was accumulating in my body. Um, so a couple weeks went by, I got up and I was like, Oh, I felt my life was like, mom, I felt something rip, you know, when I was old school Mexican, like, ah, go to put, sleep, go lay go down. Put some Vicks on it. Yeah. It'll, you'll be fine. Like stop exaggerating. You know, you yes. got to go to work tomorrow. Um, so, um, something happened and then I was like blacking out and then my mom ended up taking me to the doctor and they're like, Hey, we need to get your, your daughter into surgery now, or she might not make it in the morning. So I got into surgery. Um, so it was that um, my recovery was 
almost two uh, almost two years. I still want to say a year and a half. I had uh, pumps and um, and hoses sticking out of me for wow. about uh, seven or eight months. So I was walking around that. Like I would go to the store and try to hide it. Mm-hmm. So it was so embarrassing because the tubes are clear. Like you would see everything just wow. a mixture of blood and everything just coming out. And I was walking around with that for like seven or eight months. And I got to a point where I was getting really depressed. Like I thought I wasn't going to feel better. I, I was in a very dark moment in my life. Yes. And there was uh, three days that I don't remember. And, you know, mom mom had told me like, you know, I apologized to my mom because I just remember throwing my phone at her and yelling at her. Like, leave me, leave me the fuck alone. I told her like that. Right. And I was, I remember I was like, I'm sorry if I yelled at you. I said, I remember I yelled at you. And she's like, you know what, Miha, it's okay. I already knew what this was. Right. And mom being a strong woman, um, I, uh, we had lost my sister to leukemia a couple years before that. Wow. Sorry to hear that. So, uh, thank you. Um, so mom having that motherly instinct, I already knew what that was. She's like, I already knew what it was, Miha. And, um. So after I woke up, everything, you know, um, we had some situations there and then, and then, uh, some people from the church came over and, and prayed and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, God did his work. He did what he had to do there. And then I found this genuine interest for music for some reason. <laughs> I was on YouTube and then I, I found, this is back when the, um, Native Instruments released the machine. Okay. The first one, the M, the MK2. Yes. Um, I saw it and back then it was like a grand. There was like nine something. And then my dad's like, what is it? What are, you know, what can I do to make you feel better? I just want you to feel better. Stop being depressed. And I was like, buy me this drum machine. Like I want, I want this drum machine. And he saw that I really had an interest for it. He's like, I'm going to buy you this, but I want you to get better. So dad bought me the drum machine. He went and bought it like a day later, uh, came home with it. He brought me a, a brand new MacBook. Like I got legit. I got the hookup. Wow. And, um, I started with, uh, Massive everything native instruments. So it was like extremely expensive back when it was coming out So I was like tripping. I was like so excited and then I started getting into sampling and looping and stuff like that And it from there it kind of just took off like it brought out Another side of me that I didn't know I had like I've always been in a family of musicians I've always loved music, but I never knew I was capable of doing what I what what I wanted to do Wow. wow. That's how I found what I wanted to do. I never in a thousand years thought I would be producing or writing records or. Wow. You know what? That's an amazing story right there. Uh, and, and again, I guarantee you a lot of people probably never even knew this side of you. And, and, and that's why I like to do these things because not only do I want to shine light on up and coming artists, but also, and not only on our people, but also on people who, um, see, I bring people on here, and here's what the majority of the time they say. Why are you bringing that fucking asshole on there? He don't deserve it. He don't do it. And then once he they share their story, those people see them differently now. Right. And I, I want them to see them more for who you are and not so much the artist, because that's just what you do. Right. You know? But I think it's amazing that you discovered another side of you or another gift, because uh, uh, that dark time in your life just opened the door for something brighter. You know, and that's a beautiful story. Uh, now, um, before, I mean, well, when you started dabbling around with the drum machine, your laptop and everything, was there anybody instrumental that helped you? Like, well, you sampled like this. This is a bar. This is this. Was there anybody that helped you or maybe you might have saw that encouraged you? Like, wow, he got a fucking dope ass style or anybody help you along the way as far as when you first started? 
Or was it just all you? No, it was. I was self-taught. I was so. Um, Dad didn't know much of it because he was old school analog. My my father produced uh, countless records for a lot of artists. Wow. I, I there's pictures of me in diapers on an ad, big old analog mixer, and this, you know. <laughs> that should be your next album, <laughs> right? And um, so I was always around that, but Dad never knew anything of the new modern stuff. You know, like he didn't know anything out of analog. Okay. All right. So I was everything was self-taught. It was just YouTube, what YouTube was back then in in 2014, and my my drive, my want, the right. desire to want to do. Well. To do it, and mm -hmm. that's why you're here. Awesome. Listen, uh, we're gonna go ahead and press pause real quick. We're gonna go ahead and uh, go to a 10 minute break. We're gonna come back, and you brought us uh, some of your little toys here. Mm -hmm. You're gonna give us a dope little demonstration, and. Uh, um, we can't wait to hear it and I can't wait to to show you off and let the people see what you can do. So once again, uh, Rodian Radio, uh, Magic Girl is in the building. Call somebody, text somebody, pay somebody, slap somebody, let them know that Magic Girl is in the building. We'll be back after this uh, 10 minute break. Uh, we're gonna have some merch we're gonna be giving away. So the first 10 people that hit us on the Super Chat for at least 10 bucks, we're gonna mail something out to you, okay? So once again, the first 10 people uh, uh, we'll know exactly who you are, but you're going to have to DM us or inbox us your, your name and address so we can ship it out to you. Okay, and we'll know if you're lying, if you're just going to ship in your address. I don't play that crap, so make sure. All right, we'll be back 10 minutes. Johnny, take us away. Yo, welcome back to Rolling Radio, episode 24 with Magic Girl in the building. I hope you guys call somebody or text somebody or at least slap the hell out of somebody for acting stupid on the comments, but it's all good. Once again, the first 10 people that hit us on the super chat, if you don't hit us, you know, you ain't going to send you nothing. So uh, once again, we got some merch coming up. So uh, hit us on the super chat. Uh, other than that, um, uh, had a couple of more announcements. We're on, once again on all major platforms now, uh, podcast, um, Apple Podcast, Anchor, and uh, Spotify, etc. You should better have seen that on the break. But we're going to go ahead and return back to Magic Girl. Uh, she's got her little toy in front of us. But before we, she actually gives us a demonstration of what she's going to do, there was actually a video of Roger Troutman, May He Rest in Peace. Uh, that he came out with in 1987 when he did an interview. And uh, we're going to go ahead and roll that, and we're going to go ahead and uh, let people see it. After this, we'll uh, open it up for discussion again, and you give us your demonstration on what you do. Okay. You know, so once again, rest in peace, Roger Troutman. Uh, for those of you that have seen it, you're going to see it again. For those of you that haven't seen it, this will be a treat. Go for it, Johnny. Ladies and gentlemen, you're watching Video Soul, and it makes you feel good, yes it does, don't you believe it? <laughs> but yeah, I always use it on a, I was really using it like on songs like, uh, uh, when we first started, it was like, and, uh, you know, it just seemed to work and, uh, started using it on, uh, cover songs like Hurry Through the Grapevine. Yeah. And I don't know. People started saying, well, you know, you can't sing, man. Well, you're trying to prove you kind of it's a gimmick, blah, 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 blah. So I said, well, I'm just going to turn the whole thing around. And I'm going to do a love song with it. And that's when we came out with the uh, uh, the penetrating syrupy jam that came out like, I don't know. Oh, baby, baby. 
baby, you're my computer love. Digital, 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 digital love. Look at all these bullets, my, these bullets, my, yes, Yo, yo, thank you for that. Uh, once again, that was Roger Troutman. Uh, you got my mic up, Johnny Boy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, once again, that was Roger Troutman. May he rest in peace. I remember when I first heard More Bounce, that was in 1980. I was 12 years old. And I want to say I was uh, in eighth grade. And I thought it was one of the most fucking amazing things ever. I like. I always like to say that I think More Bounce, just that beat, so it started gangster shit. Yeah. You know, back then there were pop lockers. Uh, the uh, and break dancing to fucking more bounce. More bounce was just the shit. If you had that record, you didn't have to play any other song. You could just play that one fucking song, even if it was ten to twelve minutes long. You play that motherfucker all the way through because that's a never-ending classic. It'll always be a classic. So I say you have uh, one of your toys here in front of us. Can you uh, share with us exactly what it is that you're going to be doing and uh, demonstrating? Or yeah, definitely. I think one of the most asked questions is, uh, "Do you talk into this?" You know, okay. This is there, you do absolutely nothing. The sound comes out of the keyboard into this uh, driver and comes out of this. Okay. Comes out of here. Okay. So you're pretty much speaking without using your voice. Okay. So Let's check it out. Like for example, um, let's see what can we do? California, no sad body. California, no sad body. Stuff like that. Wow. So. Wow. Um, I fell in love with this after I heard uh, a ringtone from a co-worker. I didn't know what the hell this was. <laughs> I was Googling like an idiot, like robotic sound, um, robot voice. And uh, because I was too embarrassed to ask, I was like, I do. Right. Like, you know, it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, I don't know that song. Um, and then I ran into a, a video and then I ended up buying my own. Uh, I bought my own driver, but I didn't have enough money to... Uh, by an actual microcord. Okay. So I used my knowledge that I had with uh, Native Instruments and actually made my own patch in Massive and used that. So I was pulling up to shows with a MIDI keyboard and a driver and I was scaring the crap out of the engineers because I'd pull up and they'd be like, oh, what do you need? What do you need? I'm just like, I just need a mic. That's all I need. Right. And I was even tripping out some, you know, some of the talk boxers had been doing it. Like, how are you connecting this stuff to your MIDI keyboard and your laptop and you have an interface, you have all this and that. It's like, it's, it's basic science for me. Right. But for everybody else, it's like algebra, you know. Right. You know. Yeah, you're, you're you're right. I mean, that's how it kind of was for scratching because today, as weird as it may sound, there's names for scratching. Back then, you just fucking scratched. Like right. uh, I never said this was a name for this, but to them, it was like, well, we got a name is something. No, you don't. But for you, it just came naturally. Yeah. You know, that's dope. That's dope. Anything else you want to share with us or play for us? Um. Yeah. I'm, I'm addicted to this shit, so that's why yeah, you can um, just play for me if you like so. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, the first records that I, the the first record that I actually did on the talk box was actually a record that I did for Mr. Capone, uh -huh. and was "Let's Just Get Away." Okay. Um, funny thing about that record is when I first got my uh, my beat machine, I was like, uh, "Hey, I want I want to produce a record for somebody," and uh, little did I know, years later, I'd cross paths with him, and. I showed him the record. I was like, hey, I did this for you, dog, like a couple years ago. And he's like, no way, tripping out. And it just came in like nothing while we were in the studio. And he played the beat. He's like, oh, shit, you produced this? Yeah. And then the talk box came in with the, 
iconic line. There's even people doing tutorials on how to play it, and it was tripping me out. So it's the uh, Let's just get away. So jump into my caddy and let's go for a ride. Let's just get away. No, no. Oh, I really hate it when you make me cry. Let's just get away. Wow. So when he heard that, he's like, oh shit, that's a banger. We got to do that one. And uh, after that, it was kind of like, I'm going to stick to this. Right. You know, and then I started pulling up to uh, shows for shits and giggles because I did this cover of Saturday Love, Sherelle's Saturday Love. Hmm. And um, then uh, people started paying me like, here's, here's 100 bucks, here's 200 bucks, thanks for coming out. And then I started listening like, oh shit, I can make money off this? Right. So, and I never thought that I was going to, my intention was never to be an artist. It was always shits and giggles. Right. I right. never knew that I would be here where I'm at today, but this instrument here has opened so many doors for me that I could not, I would have never imagined being here three, four, five years ago. Right, right. Can, can, can I hear a demonstration of that uh, Sherelle song? The key. It's been a while since I played it. It's okay. Take your time. Take your time. I mean, you're playing a different key. I think people are enjoying it. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, love, love. There it is. There it is. That's there dope. There it is. So. That's dope. Okay, now, uh, before we go on with this talk box, let me go back a little bit. When did you first take interest in playing keyboards? Um... I think when I, well, I guess when I was little, I always saw my dad do it. And then um, before my sister passed, she always had an interest in doing it. And then uh, I figured if you don't know how to play keyboards, you can't really make beats. So, right. Um, up until this day, I wouldn't know where to tell you what a C note is on the scale. Uh -huh. I just know it's the white button under the two black lines next to the three. Right. <laughs> so that's all I know. Like I play by ear. That, that's really good. That could, you know, it's funny. Every musician that I ever hired played by ear because sometimes I would hear something and I would hum it to his ass and he would like, is this what you're, what you're, what you're hearing? And I'm like, that's exactly what I'm hearing. Yeah. So, and then sometimes, you know, of course he would elaborate and say, you know what, let's uh, add this to it. You know, so I just never had the patience to learn, but I always wanted to teach my, my, both of my boys how to play because if you want to learn to play music, start here and then from right. there we just open up doors right now i know this might be self-explanatory who was the first person that you, that you heard that inspired you to look into the talk box or uh, was it roger and zap it was it was roger okay it was uh definitely the zap band um and then i wasn't introduced in two fingers until i say like a year or two after i had my box okay i didn't know who fingers was okay and I was like, oh shit. Like I started listening and then I became a fan. Right. And um, then after that, um, after I started, you know, surfacing, everybody's like, hey, yo, I need your patch. I need your patch. And I was like, dude, why is my patch the holy grail of talk boxing? You right, know? right. So um, I just had a different ear for it, I guess. I, I mean, it, it fell into, um, everything fell into place like it should. And now it's right. just one, the talk boxing community is, is, is so big and united. Um, it's amazing because now, um, actually I have, I have my other toy, which is the Electrospit 
that is a wireless talk box. It's a mobile talk box. Wow. And that was actually created by Bosco. Mm. For those who know who don't know who Bosco is, Bosco is one of the legendary producers. He's been a Tupac. He's produced for, you know, uh, he's been E40 Records. And I've had the opportunity, you know, to uh, meet up with Bosco and and have this product in my hand. And now it's it's my go-to tool when I'm in the studio. Um, it's it's good for. Uh, I've still not haven't developed a you know kind of a used to it yet because yeah. we we just you know I barely got my, my hands on mine. Uh, so I use it in a more controlled environment. But now we're transitioning to using it to live only. So now it's going to be none of this wires and you know gets hanging wow. out. It's just my keyboard. The electro spit, and that's it. And that's what they call it, the electro spit. Electro spit, yeah. Wow. So, so now, how, how many years combined now have you say that you've been playing the talk box now? I would say a solid four. Okay, solid four. And um, uh, I, I mean, like, have you ever? Because I see you got the cork. Mm -hmm. Have you ever tried to uh, hook it up with uh, the mini mook? Which was uh, most people in the '90s when I hired to play Talkbox on my on my songs, mm -hmm. they would hook it up to the uh, the Mini Moog. The I've tried I've tried one. I've tried the Mini Moog, and I also have uh, tried the DX100, uh -huh. which is what MC Magic uses and Zap they use. Right. Um, I've just never gotten my hands on one, so I okay. just kind of stuck to the to the microcorg. But rumor has it, I still haven't went down, even though he's invited me thousands of times to come down to the studio. Uh, Fingers' driver is like it'll make anything as powerful as that moog sound like i know it sounds i always tell everybody i know it sounds a little inappropriate but just that feeling of the low bass it's right. like every talk boxer knows you want to feel that it, right. it's just it's just something different unless right. you're a talk boxer you wouldn't really understand right i understand i know three people that roger made them talk boxes for uh sir jinx uh dj quick and another guy by the name of Fred Rick. Uh, he did a lot of stuff for Dog Pound. Uh, Fred Rick was one of the first guys that I got to play Talkbox on one of my songs. That was in 1997. I did a song for Mellow Mayonnaise and it never came out. But I still have it on actually on two inch reel and actually on that machine, uh, that tape as well. But uh, all of those guys played it on the Mini Moog. The thing that it was it's hard about the Mini Moog, because Roger, as you can see his demonstration, he knew all the oscillators, he knew all the sounds and it's, it's really, to me, I, I I had bought, I collected mini moogs. That's, that's why I asked. Mm -hmm. uh, I had the the, the, the micro moog. Uh, um, fuck, I had like five different ones. The actual mini moog, but you have to know what what you're fucking with to get exactly. the right sound. Yeah. And that's the hard part for me. I was like, fuck that. So I would I would tell my boy, come here, man. I want this sound. I would go to an old rock song. Like for an example, uh, when I first heard the first talk box. I didn't know it was a talk box because they called it uh, The Bag, right. which was uh, Peter Frampton. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm trying to remember the name of the song that he, but he was like, wah, 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 and he played it off of a guitar. Yeah. And I thought that shit was so fucking dope. You know, I didn't know what it was. And then mm -hmm. later on, 1980, I heard uh, uh, More Bounce. And I thought that shit was fucking insane, you know. But uh, now, uh, let me ask the question that a lot of people may know or may not know uh how did you get the name uh magic girl um it all goes back to shits and giggles <laughs> <laughs> at that time i was dealing with uh with the person um who's actually uh the cause of a lot of uh drama and downfalls with my career unfortunately 
um, we were in the studio one day. We were like, hey, we got to get a name for you. And uh, we're like, uh, okay. And uh, it's not really, you know, not to talk shit about anybody. This is just what happened. Right. And uh, he said, uh, let's do uh, MC, what he said? He, oh, a MC Sugar Fingers or something like that. I was like, you're fucking retarded. Like, that sounds so stupid. And then we ended up coming in with names. And then um, I was like, dude, let's just do Miss Lady Magic. So I was formerly known as Miss Lady Magic prior to being, being Magic Girl. And for those of people who are really true Magic Girl fans know that. Um, and he's like, yeah, so it'll be like, yo, he's like, yeah, that's a good idea. It's a mixture of everything, like Miss for the Miss Lady Pinks and then the Lady for... Um, I think it was Lady Shy or something like that, some rapper. And then the magic for MC Magic. I was like, no, dude, like it's just it just sounds cool, you know? And that's how the name come apart. And then it was just a joke. I never took it seriously, but right. he started telling everybody, Yeah, that's that's Miss Lady Magic. That's Lady Magic. And then so everybody started calling me Lady Magic. And now everybody just calls me Magic. So after um I signed over to uh High Power, uh we were gonna change my name again. Because unfortunately, I got screwed over, you know, copyrights and stuff like that. They ended up buying Miss Lady Magic, uh, so I couldn't use that name anymore. So wow. we're like, let's change your name. And we were thinking, we were thinking, and then we ended up coming up with Magic Girl. And um, you know, uh, Capote was like, hey, you know, let's just let's run it by Miss MC Magic out of respect. I was all right, we can do that. So I text him, and he texts me back immediately. He's like, yeah, Mija, there's nothing I was like, I just want to make sure, you know, because I, I really wasn't trying to use magic at all from the beginning because right. I didn't want to seem, make it seem like I was trying to build a career off of something he already did. But in a way, it made sense because it's kind of like, okay, everybody knows magic for TalkBlock, so why not be magic, you know? Right. So, and then everybody was already calling me magic, so it was kind of hard to go from magic girl to, like something different like example just lady of rage or some some crazy rapper name you know <laughs> um so it was kind of hard it always just stuck with me and i kind of just got stuck with it okay, okay so that's how that came about so 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 when you started like uh, you know it's funny because i have my boy battle cat uh dj battle cat here much love and respect to dj battle cat and i asked him was it hard to keep that in your mouth and he told me this he said you know i was told that try talking with the straw on the side of your mouth he said so i literally did that he goes, and then when I put it in, it goes, after a while, it just became second nature. Like, I just, you know, I had no problem, you yeah. know, doing it. W w was it hard to adjust in talking to, to it? Um, uh, it, into it? Yeah, it was. I had to do a couple of uh, adjustments and modifications for it to fit my mouth. Because every, every your, your mouth is an instrument. So no, if you were to get jump on this today, you would sound different than I would. Nobody yeah. will sound exactly the same. And I think that's the point that everybody misses. Like, I will never sound like Roger. I will never sound like Fingers. Fingers will always be Fingers. Roger will always be Roger. And um, so I had to kind of adjust it to make it my sound. And that's what I have today. It's my sound. Okay. So. Now, uh, uh, when you decide, again, you said shit and giggles. That's how you started it. And then the shit started working. People started paying you for it. Was there ever a time uh, since the time you started that you started looking into, you know what, let me look up some of the greats that might have played this before other than Roger and Zap. Did you do your, your homework? Yeah, on? that's okay. when I started running into like Peter Frampton and then, you know, I, I ran back to, to history. Like you can even hear it in Disney's Dumbo, hmm. the talking voice box from way back before, you know, 1980s. Right. And a lot of people don't know anything more than Roger. Roger has been so iconic to the talk box yes. community that's like, 
all they know is Roger. Like Roger invented it. Like no, before Roger there was Peter Frampton. Before you know, and before yeah, that there was Stevie, there was Stevie. Stevie Wonder. Yes. And you know what's crazy is Stevie Wonder has actually demoed the Electro Spit. So the Electro Spit has been in a lot of hands of a lot of people that I would never you know imagine. Wow. It's just mind blowing, and um, it's also mind blowing to know that the, it's it's such a united community. And it's really cool, actually, to to be a part of that family. And I've I've had a lot of love and support from the from the Troutman family themselves, really, which is really cool because it's you know somebody like little old me, uh, nobody, you know, getting getting a lot of love and support from people who are actually established. Okay, you know what? Uh, do, do you mind getting your other toy uh, ready and give the people yeah, sure. a little demonstration uh, of, of your toy? And once again, uh, this is something else. This is. Uh, if I'm correct, wireless or is that what this you said? Mobile. Mobile. A yeah. mobile Not completely box. wireless. We still got an auxiliary that connects, uh -huh. but it's uh, the world's first mobile talk box. And like I said, uh, Bosco invented this after uh, he had a little bit of indiscrepancies while performing live with uh, Kanye West wow. because he couldn't take all of his cables on, you know, on wow. stage because yeah. we, we can't accommodate you, which is the problem that I have a lot of times with. Uh, when I go to shows, like, you know, we don't have electricity. I have to carry around a, a 20 foot, like an extension cord. Yeah. Blitz kind of ghetto, you know? <laughs> You're pulling up to a show with a 20 foot extension cord. Yeah. And um, so he kind of innovated and made this, and there's actually an app for it. Um, it's it's really cool, and uh, he's customized it. So you look here, you get, you can do two colors you do the red, and then you do blue. Okay. So, and that's just for show. Right. It's, it doesn't do anything like fancy or anything. Right. And, and how long have you had this? I've had this. See, when did I run into Bosco? I think I picked it up from, from him in Oakland. I want to say about five months ago, four or five months wow, ago. Wow. So, someone's still fairly new. It's to fairly you. new, yeah. And, and have you gotten used to it? A, a little bit. So. So you probably know uh, Bosco's done res records like uh, so uh, probably put a little louder. Like the workout song. So right. a lot of people don't know that's Bosco. That's Bosco. Wow. So wow. Um, so this is an just for the people that are watching. Nothing goes in your mouth this time. No. This is just uh, on. Uh, I guess it's rest on your neck. Yes, it rests on your neck. It goes between. Um, in the soft spot of your neck area uh -huh. between the, the, the major bone here down here. Uh -huh. And it actually explains the science of the talk box fairly well because a lot of people think, like I said, like you're, you're talking like, no, you don't talk into it at all. And uh, it's actually really cool because not only can I connect it to uh, my micro cord, there's actually a, a mobile app. So now I can pull up to, to a show if I wanted to and be like, you know what? I don't want to use my keyboard today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my phone. So all I got to do is plug in my phone. Uh, open up the Electro Spit app and uh, just play like. So it has absolutely everything wow. that I would use. You just got to know how to use your phone. It has all of the major scales. You can do uh, modulation, everything. Uh, you can transpose, you know, change your octaves, change the buzz, and stuff like that. So it's actually really cool. And um, I'm actually uh, very excited that um, I was able to uh, invest into such a product like this and also get my hands on one and be one of the first because I, I really do believe that this has created uh, 
a new lane yes for the more modern generation because i mean who wants to c pull up come on this is like old school of course this is analog to right. everybody you know so right. um yeah this is actually something really cool and um and um, I'm excited to be a part of the, the new journey That's for the awesome. Top Box community. And and is this uh, available for people that may have seen it right now and think, I want to go pick this up at fucking Guitar Center? Can they do that? They can, but not at Guitar Center. You guys got to go to electrospit.com. Okay. And then it'll give you all the information on there. Or you guys can follow them on Instagram, electrospit. Um Follow him. Shoot, shoot a direct message. Like, hey, I want to know more about the electrospit. Like, it's super easy. Anybody can do it. Like, I've let my my mom try it like she was like tripping out like ¿Qué es eso? Ponte a lavar los trastes. yeah and she's like and i actually have a video that we're going to release here in the next couple of weeks where i'm randomly walking up to people out of walmart and asking them like hey do you know what a talk box is no do you know this song and i'd play california love oh um, yeah i know that song oh shit that's what you do oh yeah i know yeah like the zap that like zap like zap yeah you know and then uh, automatically people start you know falling in love and like hey this is a new product this is what we're doing and you know it's, it's actually super cool that cool. shit is dope okay anybody look, can do it i'm gonna tell you why this is so fucking cool for me because think about this okay i was 12 years old i hear roger and zap and then now i have a dope female in front of me mm -hmm. demonstrating something that i grew up with Something that I've never played, something that I've never tried. Right. And I just I just love it. You know, I often tell people that Roger and Zap is Mexican music because we done took over. That's pretty much what I say. And I say that sarcastically. You know, so like we're the only ones that bump more bounds. We're the only my favorite Roger song of all time. Now before I give you mine, if you have one, what is it? Your favorite Roger song of all time. My favorite Ro Roger song of all time would have to be Heard It Through the Grapevine. Heard it to the grapevine. Yeah. Of all fucking time. I, I, I don't like the short version. I like the long version because I let that motherfucker play. Yeah. Like, I'm serious. I'll work out to that song, take a shower to that song, whatever to that song. It's just my shit right yeah. there. I would probably have to say my second. Um, I'd probably have to go back to more bounce. But, you know, just so many of them. But my number one, I heard it to the grapevine. Yeah. Number one would be heard it to the grapevine. My second would be uh, so rough, so tough. So Russell, Tom. yeah, and it was actually an inspiration. What inspired a, a inspired Roger Lean, uh, the the baseline. If you had sounds uh, almost similar, I was drunk in my room one day and I was just like really drunk. I was like, oh, well, I want to do a song. Like I was just bullshitting, right? And I just heard that baseline, that and I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this shit. And then Roger Lean just came out. I just boom went in there, dropped it one one take, and I was like, all right, cool, whatever. And then it ended up becoming a song. I guess everybody likes it, so, and it was just, I think it's just a beat, to be honest. Yes, yes. I mean, think about this. That, other than maybe like James Brown, um, shit, uh, I know I'm missing some other, some other artists, but other than maybe like James Brown, Roger and Zap are probably some of the most sampled records ever. Yep, You know, definitely. even if it's just a boosh, the beginning kick with a snare. Right. You know, I mean. Shit. I, oh, oh, I was going to say uh, Parliament. Along with, uh, you know, uh, Parliament, James Brown, Roger and Zap probably have to be the all-time mm -hmm. most favorite shit. I mean, you can never go wrong with that shit. No. Uh, but other than that, um, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to touch on some topics that you wanted to touch on. Right. That you've been telling people that uh, you want to address, you've never addressed before. So, uh, once again, people need to stay tuned and... Uh, like I said, call somebody, text somebody, pay somebody, let them know that Magic Girl is in the building. 
and we're about to touch on some things that uh, she's never touched on before. Uh, and this is a rolling radio exclusive. So once again, uh, hit us on the super chat. We're going to have some uh, uh, apparel. We're going to have some giveaways. So the first 10 people are going to get it. So got to be at least 10 bucks or more, man. Don't be cheap on me. Okay, we'll be back. Yo, once again, uh, welcome back, everybody, to Rodeo Radio, episode 24. And uh, we're back here with Magic Girl. But once again, before uh, we continue our interview, the Rodeo Mixtape Documentary, uh, available at documentary.com. You can also get the uh, Documentary apparel there. Uh, the first 10 people, once again, we got a few uh, super chats already for at least 10 bucks. Uh, uh, we got some apparel for you guys that we'll be shipping out to you guys. Uh, just get at us either through uh, rodeonradio at gmail.com with your information, or you can get me at uh, uh, Rodian Radio um, on Instagram or on my Facebook or whatnot. As long as you find documixery.com, you'll be able to find all my platforms, and that's how you can reach me for those of you that have been asking. And and uh, for the people that uh, I usually don't acknowledge this, but for the people that like to hate and like to critique and uh, uh, leave negative comments on the artists that I'm interviewing, always remember this, okay? Somebody who's winning doesn't have the time to critique anyone because you're too busy winning. When you're critiquing someone, it's either because, see, back in the day, we never said uh, you were hating. We said you were just jealous. And if you're jealous, man, you know what? Uh, instead of hating, why don't you just appreciate you know, uh, what somebody's trying to do. Don't knock somebody's hustle because you're not here or because maybe you haven't gotten your turn, man. You know, just calm the fuck down, bro, and enjoy the show. So anyways, um, back to uh, Magic Girl. You know what? I just had to say what I had to say. So, right. But you know what? I like talking like that. I feel better when I, when I speak openly. Yeah. You know, I feel, I, I feel like, why would I want to hold all that inside of me? But anyways, um, I know there were some topics that you wanted to touch on. I didn't know how you wanted to bring it up, um, but the, the the mic is there. Go ahead and speak. Start from somewhere, and then I'll pick up, and we'll elaborate on Um I think we could. it, it all started in uh, my fallout with High Power. Okay. Uh, before we get to your fallout, um, how did it happen when you actually signed with them? Um, according to him, I was never signed. Okay. Um, but I know when uh, I went down to uh, Hollywood, there was a, a document that stated that the that I was official official high power that it was just me, Capone, Pinks, and Criminal and okay. Tweety. Okay, so I was five, a, five I was people. official high power. I yes. wasn't just a high power soldier. I was official high power because he 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 believed in me that much that did like, hey, I'm gonna blow you up, and obviously he blew my head up too because a lot of people don't know that. At that time, and, and a reason why a lot of um, the bigger cats in the industry, established people, are just kind of just watching me because I've turned down a multi-million dollar record deal to stay true to my roots. Okay. Because he filled me, he filled my head with loyalty, with respect, and uh, coming. I, I've never banged in my life, but I grew up in that environment. Yes. So um, I've learned to stay my lane, and you know about respect and stuff like that. Um, so he, he filled my head with, with all of that respect and, you know, this and that. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. You know, let's, let's bring Chicano rap out, you know? Right. And at that time when, uh, Capone, you know, was reached out to me, he had already been reaching out to me for two or two years prior to that. Wow. Um, he had been looking for me, um, hitting up my fan pages, but at that time I was, 
dealing with another person before that who was now actually my brother-in-law, I guess you say it. Um, he is the brother of the father of my child. So we got tied into, I got tied into the family like that. Yes. Um, at that time, I trusted him because he was family. And um, I guess Capone kept hitting him up and he's like, hey, you never wrote me back. And he showed me the messages. And so my brother-in-law was writing him back, giving him some bullshit story like, no, she's not ready and no, 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 like blowing him off. So when I had the fallout, fallout with my brother-in-law and I was officially a, a, a you know, independent artist, yes. that's when Capone reached out to me. He reached out to me on Instagram, I think. Okay. And uh, prior to that, Pink's was really cool. Like she had already been hitting me up like, hey, you know, nice work, you know, good job and stuff like that. We had been just girl talk, you know? Right. And so when he sent me his number in the DM, I text Pinks. I was like, hey, um, I got this this message on Instagram. Like, I know you guys are cool. Is this his number? And then she immediately responded back. She's like, oh, fuck yeah, yeah. Call him, call him, call him. So I called him. We met up in, um, in Hollywood. We went under the terms and conditions of the contract. Um, but the contract never existed, hmm. pretty much. So, um, so is it safe to say you guys went over certain terms, but there was never an actual signing? Whatever I signed was invalid. He, okay. There's no proof or he has no proof whatsoever of it. Um, I remember it just being a, a paper that said sign here. And I was so stupid and naive that it was hmm. just a document stating uh, that it was uh, that you're welcome to the high power team. Uh, this is how we're going to pay you, uh, sign here. Never went into detail about what he was talking to me about, what was my fault, but I didn't really know anything. I was more excited, like, oh shit, it's Mr. Capone, you know, like, yes. fuck, I'm finally going to get my career off, you know, off the ground. And, um, so when I had the fallout with High Power, it was deeper than rap. Okay. Okay. My, my problem with Capone, yes, it was bad business all the way around. Um, we, we lose, we win some, but my problem with Capone was when he started to, um, come into contact with my brother-in-law, mm. me and my brother-in-law go way back. We, uh, I was around shadow when shadow started coming out again, out of the works when mm. he began social media. Uh, my, my, uh, daughter's dad was best friends with shadow for a long time. Oh. And, uh. He's like, hey, you know, let's, let's start your social media. Let's get this buzz going and stuff like that. So we were the ones behind all of that. And um, so, what, like I said, when Capone started getting into contact with my brother-in-law, they started uh, implementing uh, 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 street, uh, street rules. Because with my brother-in-law, there was an incident. There was court dates. There was, um, there was hearing. There was uh, police involved, but because a child got hurt. Okay. That's the part nobody knows, and I've never been able to talk about it. Um, a child got hurt, and that child was my daughter. And um, he, uh, Capone called me one day, and he's like, hey, I'm going to have to drop you from the label because they're saying that you're a rat, and this and this and this happened, this and that. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know what the fuck. And Capone didn't know that I was pregnant at the time. I had keep, kept my pregnancy a secret because I didn't want the world to know about my daughter. Like, of course, as a mother, like, it's scary every year in the limelight. You want to keep your, fa your family out of the camera, 
you know? And, um, I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, um, your brother-in-law called me and told me about the situation that you called the cops on him. And I was like, what, what the hell is going on? And, uh, so he explained to me the story and I was like, wait, 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 back up. I was like, dude, I was like, first of all, I don't bang. Second of all, it's a family matter. There's no reason for you to be coming at me with a family matter. I said, and third of all, like, why are you even paying attention to him? Why are you answering his calls? So it went down. I had to break down the situation to him. And uh, my brother-in-law has had uh, countless uh, encounters with a lot of rappers because he owns he owns a record label. Okay. That's a big label um, in Mexico. It's actually, you know, a big label. It's uh, signed under uh, like Mr. Yossi, uh, La Baby Smiley, uh, Mr. Weed, uh, Triste de Nemesis, um, okay. big artists like that. So he's that's the record label that, you know, he he has and so he knows the business right you know and um so my my brother-in-law's approach to bring um income to his label again was to create a label beef so that's where all of that fell into place okay so when i had the fallout with my brother-in-law i remember i remember the day I went, I went over to his house. Well, I was with his brother at the time, so obviously I'm there all the time. And uh, I had went to the kitchen to, uh, to eat, and I was moving the table around, and he, he's always like having just shit everywhere because he's always shipping and doing all kinds of stuff. And I had saw the royalty statements on the, on the table. They were just out there. Hmm. So I looked over, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, you know, like, I'm going to look at it. Right. So I looked over. And I saw how much money he was actually making off of my records and off of everybody else. And it just infuriated me. I was so pissed. He was only giving me like 30 bucks out of a couple grand or a couple hundred dollars and saying, oh, this is all we sold. And he was doing that to all of his artists and they had no fucking idea because they're miles away in Mexico, you know? And once all the people started catching on, they had beef, and then he'd, he's the type of dude that's going to throw somebody under the bus to save his own ass. Like, it's, I mean, it's business, right? At the end right. of the day, it's business. But I never expected that betrayal from a family member. Right. So I went to his brother. I was like, hey. I was like, what the fuck? Like, you know, look at the statements. Like, your brother's been stealing money from me. And his brother's immediate reaction was like, what the fuck? This motherfucker's doing this shit again. Like, he was mad. He didn't explain to me. Like, he had thought, like, his brother was done doing that, giving him the benefit of the doubt, you know. And so it went on that. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to talk to him. Don't worry about it. At that time, we were serious. So it was like, um, he talked to him. And he's like, April, um, I'm going to move out. You know, it's getting serious. And, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move out. I'm going to take care of her or whatever. So I'm going to move out. And from that moment on, something clicked in his head where he just told, went like totally like AWOL. We don't, we didn't know who the hell he was. It, it turned into, I think it was like the next day, um, his brother called me and was like, Hey, can you come pick me up? And I was like, what's wrong? He's like, just come pick me up right now. He's like, I think Ruben's up to some shit. He's like, he locked me out of the house. Um, he took my phone, he took everything like, and I was like, okay, he's like, come pick me up. And he's known his brother. I've never knew the other side of the story of his brother until after he explained to me, he's like, I didn't think you needed to know all this. I thought he was done doing this shit, you know? And, uh, so I remember I got to the house, I picked up his brother, we drove off and a block away, here comes, 
my brother-in-law in his truck and he runs me off the road. And I was like, this motherfucker, like I was just mad. And then I was like, you know what? We're just going to go home. Fuck it. Whatever. So we went home and cooled off. And right when I was pulling up, the cops were already at my house. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, and they're like, oh, we're here because we got a call of uh, that uh, domestic uh, violence or disturbance or something like that. And um, that you have stolen property in your car and that you possibly have drugs. And I was like, what? I was, they're like, can we search your vehicle for stolen property? I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, I don't care. You know, so they searched the vehicle and my dad's like, what the hell's going on? And it turned into a big old situation. And then I was like, dude, this fool's really doing that shit? Like, he's really like trying to set this shit up. Right. So a couple months later, there was a physical art altercation between uh, myself and his, and his wife. Uh, there was uh, weapons involved. And uh, I was five months pregnant with my daughter. Um, my daughter took most of the, the beating, I guess I should say, and I went into premature labor. So I was at risk of losing my daughter. At that time, I went to the doctor and I didn't say anything. They're like, hey, what's going on? And um, I guess the doctor had mentioned to me, he's like, hey, is, is, is he hitting you? I was like, what? But my doctor was a good family friend. He's like, hey, I like, um, you know, I'm a mandated reporter. I got to say something. And I was like, no, he's not. He's like, there's, you've had a completely healthy pregnancy. What's going on? And I was like, shit, like, fuck. And um, I explained to him the situation. And he's like, you, you have to say something or, you know, I have to report this. And I was like, nah, dude, like nothing. So the police got involved. I told them, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I want to drop all the charges. I just want to do what I got to do to keep my daughter. Yes. I need to do what I got to do. Like, it's my daughter. I'm not going to give my daughter up for some fucked up dude that's, you know, just trying to ruin my life. Right. And uh, so we went we went on with that. And um, like I said, there was there was court stuff and court dates and, and trial. But it was all out of, for my daughter. You well, know what I'm saying? From the time that you had that meeting uh, with High Power to the fallout, how long was that in between that you guys were working together? I want to say it took maybe a couple months. Really? That fast? It was that fast. Like he, that this, uh, I don't, people who know who I'm talking about know how toxic he is. Okay. And, um, but it was that fast. Like, I don't know if it was the money, uh, the easy money, because I was booked every weekend and I was going to pay two, 300 bucks a, a show. And I didn't know about it until after I ha had the fallout. And where I had a promoter write me like, "Hey, did you get did you get your money?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" You know, I sent I sent your old dude so, some money for you coming out. I'm like, "No, well, can you screenshot me the PayPal thing?" He's like, "Yeah," and he screenshot me the the PayPal thing, and it said two hundred dollars for Magic Girl show at blah 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 blah. And I'm like, "Dude, really? This motherfucker was po pocketing money every weekend?" Uh -huh. So I got a taste of the dirty side of the business from my own family uh, it, very it early in the career. Is it safe to say that this person who you're talking about is the reason for the fallout of high power? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it was, like I said, it was deeper than rap. Of right. course, it was bad business, but like I said, we lose some, we win some. There was no beef between me and Capone. Okay. Um, there, uh, obviously, there's hurt feelings. And like between uh, me, and, uh, me and Pink's, there's nothing, there's no beef, no drama. Obviously, she's just a friend defending a friend, which I understand. If that was my homeboy, I'd say something too, you right. know. Especially because I'm a female, 
You know, yeah. obviously she could say a little bit more than Capone can. But like I said, it was bad business. But it, it, the the main reason for the fallout is that he kept answering calls and letting somebody feed into him, feed him, you know, right. false information. They just, it made, it turned into a very dangerous situation because of the type of music Chicano rap is. Right. Um, it, it turned very, very dangerous very fast. Like there was people rolling up to my house strapped. Like it turned very dangerous. Like it, I got the taste of the real world like real quick because wow. of that toxic situation. So right. I had to lay low for a long time and let it all let it all just play out because I didn't want no misunderstandings. Like people thinking like, oh, Capote fucked her over and it's beef. Like it's not that kind of beef, you know. It's all sourced back to my my beginnings, right, you right. know. And unfortunately, we all got that family member who we don't talk to. And it happens to be that family member that we don't talk right. to. So. If you had to guess, or maybe you do know, or maybe you don't care to elaborate, but have you ever thought, like, why did this guy do this to me? I ask myself that question all the time. Like, why? Like, like why? Like, I've even asked him, like, dude, like, is it the money? Is it the what? But he's always, like, so defensive, like, like fuck you, and always the first thing, like, oh, you fucking cop car. I was like, fool, you call the cops first. Like, fool, you're the reason all this shit started. Like, you right. snitched yourself out, like, pretty much. Right. That's what happened, and you fucked up and hurt a little kid. Like, that it is what it is. Like, accept responsibility for your actions. All this shit could have been handled in a different manner, behind closed doors, like it should have been handled as a family. Right. You know, but you wanted to take it a different route because you have to place yourself as. I guess he has an image to keep, I guess, but nobody knows who the hell he is. And um, it's like, I've always asked me, like, why? Like, was it the money? Was it jealousy? Um, was it greed? Like, I really do feel like it's greed because he's he's done a lot of artists like this. So I, I feel like it was the easy money and, and him not able to control me as an artist anymore because I wanted to do my own thing. Right. Maybe he saw something or saw what everybody else was seeing in me. Like, hey. Something promising. Right. And he just... Cock blocked it pretty much. Yeah, and you know, I've I've tried to go and 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 again, like it's not to talk shit about anybody. It's just the way it happens. I've tried to go to has to his house and settle shit. No, boom. Get the fuck out of here, I'm gonna call the cops. I try to go to the shop. Get the fuck out of here, I'm gonna call the cops. Like, dude, if you want that kind of problem, then I'd rather not even bother. Like just, right. just let you be. Just say whatever you wanna say, do whatever you wanna do. Like I'm gonna continue to be me, and and at the end of the day, it's my work that's gonna speak for itself, not all the drama. And a big reason why I kept silent and kept the drama under wraps is because I'm sure you know this: people in the professional industry do not like drama. Right. And if your personal drama continues to be an issue, they'll cut you off. That's it. They don't give you two shits. They'll be like, "Bye, we'll find somebody else." That's it. Yeah. And that was my issue why I kept everything under wraps like now that everything's been so cool like I have a lot of people who who back me up like it, it's crazy to walk into venues and have people like um uh, Trady from the Eastsiders or or uh Maylino you know be like hey Magic what up hmm. and me like like are you talking to me right like yeah hey, come here I know who you are to have people of that stature know who you are, like, that's super dope. Yes. And I'm just like, wow, like, what the hell am I doing fighting with this fucking lame? Losing my, like, ultimately, that's what, well, that's what a hater does. You know what I'm saying? They they try to do do what they can to, to, to uh, tarnish what you have because they're just mad they don't have it, I guess. 
Let, let me ask you a question. This may be something that fans may want to know. Um, what, why did you hold it in so much? Why have you never spoke about it before? Um, because it was a family matter. Okay. And That's I felt simple. like it was... I, I felt like nobody else needed to know about this. And nobody else knew about it because uh, he wanted he wanted uh, to put it out there. And like, like I see, he's right here in the comments. I see him right now trying to get all that clout. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if you don't give a shit, why are you in the comments? Right. Why are you even responding, you know? And uh, to me, it was very personal. Okay. Um, it wasn't because of the, the rat, the whole rat stereotype or a cop call or whatever. It wasn't because of that. It's right. because for me, family's everything, regardless right. if you're, you're a toxic person or not. Right. Um, but it's like, it's like, a, you know, people say like, if my mom's always told me never how to, I, I don't know how to translate it in English, but I'll try the best I can. Don't touch your heart twice for someone who didn't touch it once. Okay. Did, did, did after all this blew over, did you ever have that one-on-one uh, -on -one conversation with Capone? And even even if you never you didn't say you know let me back in or why did you let me go, was there ever that peace made there? No, I never got that opportunity. Okay. And even if I had it today, I don't I don't know if he would. I I would never go back into business with him. Right. I understand. But um, I never was allowed to make amends with anybody. Actually, there was. I've had problems with rappers I didn't even never met before because of this dude saying like, oh, so this and that and, and. So your name was pretty much smeared and to the point possibly where whoever this individual was, this family member was, I guess he was trying to blackball you in the industry, if you will. Yeah, he was yeah. trying to create this, this dark environment. So like, if you like the way I see it is like, oh, if you don't want to fuck with me, no one's going to fuck with you. Yeah. Pretty much, you know what I mean? That's the way I saw it. I know a couple of artists like that that do that um, to fem mostly females. They try to do that. They try to manipulate them. They try to uh, hold them back, uh, try to blackball them because they want to be the only avenue that you're their only exactly. source, if you will. Exactly. You know? But yeah, I, I mean, I, luckily I never had dudes that came at me that way because, you know, they know better but uh i'm glad that you spoke about it i'm glad that you're on your feet i'm glad you're doing what you love uh um you know you seem like a very very positive person i like to try to bring unity amongst our people amongst our rasa so that we can climb the ladder and honestly i wish you the best if there's anything that i can do for you and for your your career and something that i can help you in i would like to do that okay uh, uh, when I saw you perform and I, and I met you, I thought the shit was dope. I saw you rapping. I saw you singing. I saw you playing the talk box. And I thought you were multi-talented. So I said, I want to talk about that. Right. You know, that, and that's why I reached out to you, you know, and I said, hey, let's do an interview. And as a matter of fact, I think I sent you your video. And I said, I saw you here. Yeah. 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 I was at, um, yeah, just so you can Industry remember. Hills, I think. Yes. And I was there with Mello. As a matter of fact, I showed up with Mello and I was just, uh, I like to check out artists because I like different. I don't like artists that sound just like everybody else. You know, I, I get dozens of emails, actually hundreds of emails with songs. And the sad part is many of them sound the same. So I'm like, skip, skip, skip. But when I come across somebody that's different, you know, my ears perk up and I'm like, okay, I like this shit. This shit is hot. You know, so that's why I had asked you to come out here because, uh, um, you know, I like what you do. 
Uh, and I'm glad you spoke on this because I don't think it's good for anybody to hold that in. Uh, but if, if there's anything else that, you know, you want to share or maybe right. even say to this individual, right? Maybe right now is the time. Um, no, I just, I just felt like it, it needed to be spoken of because I, I, like I said, I don't think it's fair to the fans to be left out of the light on why, like, why isn't it magic? Like, they don't have to listen to me. Right. But there's people who's been following me like three, four years and always wondering like this and that. And, and also like, I don't like, um, how'd you say like tension? Right. You know? You and know. and the and the bad talk like I, I'd be looking at comments and I, I really don't care what people got to say but when people are like, you know when they start saying dumb shit like Capone fucked her over for this and that I'm like nah that's not even like yeah it was bad business and yeah he paid somebody to be on my tour and we were eating dollar menu at fucking Taco Bell, you know like, you know it's it was it wasn't it wasn't about that you know like it, we win some we lose some like right. I said it you're in the music industry expect to get fucked over. That was like uh, Ice Cube in the movie Shot of the Content when he said they were over there eating fucking steak, steak and lobster and we're fucking eating fat burger. Yeah. You know, no, believe me, I fucking sharing rooms and shit and like fucking like all kinds. I could tell all kinds of crazy stories right. like fucking of my experiences. So I guess what I'm trying to get over because I've seen videos of you in the high power. I think I might have seen like two. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, two videos that you were in. You were playing the talk box. One of you were in the car and I guess one you were sitting down or standing up. I'm not sure. But I thought it was longer for some reason that mm -hmm. you were in in the, the high power group, you know. No, it was it, it happened fairly quickly, and it was all because of that. He's like, I, I got to drop you, and I'm just uh -huh. like, man, you know what? If you're gonna keep answering his calls, then I don't want to fuck with you. So, so when he told you that he he called you, or was this a fa face to face? No, he called me. He okay. called me, and then I I went after him and was like, hey, you know, and then he's and then he started switching up on me. He's like, hey. Um, you owe me an album. If you're going to leave, you owe me an album. I was like, no, I'm not. No, I don't. And I said, and if I do owe you an album, show me the contract. And he kept bullshitting me for like three months talking about, oh, I'm going to get it from uh, from the lawyer. I got to go get it. And um, they got to pull it out of the file and it's going to cost me money. I'm not going to pay. And I was like, well, if you want your album, you're going to have to pay. Mm. Because legally, I'm not entitled to give you anything if there's no signed contract. So he never brought proof. And then there's a, a, a buddy of mine who came in. Um, I love him to death. And um, he helped me get out of that uh, that legal bind, I guess. If you say I took partial rights of of um, that album back. Okay. And then uh, just because there was a rumor out there that my my brother in law was telling everybody that he had me under contract, like I never signed a contract with you, bro. Like, wow. You know, so it, he and he was kind of like scared of him in a sense, like oh he's gonna do legal repercussion, like fool, why are you even listen to this fool? Like he's he doesn't even have any, like anything and. Right. You know, you have a contract, but like, show me the contract. The contract was lost. Did, 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 did an album ever come out? Did he offer money or anything like that for you to do that album? No. Not this no, one? No, not That album never came out? No. It, it, I had an album ready. And um, throughout the process of all these dilemmas and stuff, I lost a total of three albums. Mm. Three complete albums that I lost. Mm -hmm. um, the one that was uh, distributed by High Power, I would have never put it out. The mixing was shitty. The production wasn't done correctly. It was all rushed through. And um, it was all just to try to get it out fast and out of the way, like I said, because he was just trying to toss me aside over wow. over the speculations and the not knowing what really happened, you know? And then fucking, I'm laughing my ass off because this idiot puts fucking pictures of Capone all over the fucking, um, 
all over the documents. So it's like, fool, this fool ratted you out too. Like, really? Right, right. right. Okay. And, uh, um, wow. So now that you're independent, if I'm you haven't, you're not signed with nobody, right? No, I'm a completely independent artist. I mm-hmm. have been independent. Um, I do hide behind, um, I've created two entities, which is a uh, Magic Girl Entertainment and Lowrider Life Magazine. Okay. So I do own Lowrider Life Magazine. It's owned by Magic Girl Entertainment. Um, I decided to create a Lowrider Life to kind of sidetrack. So it's not always about me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So it's not always about me. And um, it's actually helped a lot because of the, the, the lowrider community has, has received me with open arms. And it's completely amazing because um, I never expected to have that much love and support from a lot of people. Yes. yes. And um, it's just mind-blowing. So that's where that came out, the idea. Um, so I just hide behind Magic Girl Entertainment and Lowrider Life Magazine. That's all, that's, that's all I do. Um, I do do work on the side. And like I said, because I've kept quiet and, and decided to keep these people f- as far away as possible, mm-hmm. new opportunity has opened up. Like now I have my music in a Netflix series wow. called El Club. And I also, my song was also, also featured on the, the new Rambo movie, The Last Blood. Really? Yeah, I had a, a song on there. It's called uh, Dinero Sucio. That was actually on the Rambo movie. And then wow. I got another placement on um, this movie by Nicolas Cage. I can't remember the the okay. song and then we did uh ellie dodgers as well wow we got we got a hold of my record and and they, they were playing you know the instrumental or whatever um to a good friend of mine he knows who he is he likes to keep his identity a secret so shout out to you i know you're watching <laughs> thank you so much for uh believing in me and, and like i'm saying these are these are well-established people these aren't smojo's local artists or, right these right. are established people in the industry who are like hey i want to help you out you awesome know, fuck the awesome. drama let's let's do this fuck the drama yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know what? I'm on some positive shit. You know, uh, th- there's no room for fucking hate. You know, th- the sad thing is that there's always going to be hate, and many times it's going to be from our own people. Mm-hmm. You know why that is? I have no idea. You know, I'm a fucking happy dude. I will help whoever if I can. But if I fucking can't, and I, or you see me helping somebody else, don't be bitter about it. Yeah. You know. I just don't see how 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 people. Um it's like, I, I don't understand why, like, some I see some rappers that get mad, like, oh, so-and-so never helped me out, or fuck this dude because he never put me on. But the way I see it, it's like, bro, he's not responsible for your career. Thank you. You're the only one responsible for where you're, for where you're supposed to be. And that's, this is why, like, I, I, I stay quiet about a lot of things is because at the end of the day, it's my responsibility to take my career where I want to take it. Yes. You know, and yes. I've taken it to places where, where I never would have imagined, you know, and I still have a lot to go, but... Don't be mad at somebody else for not doing the work for you. Right. You know, and if they don't want to listen to you, fuck it, move on, next person. Yeah, move on. Like you said, don't don't get mad because somebody didn't put you on. Put yourself on. Exactly, and that's what I had to do. Nobody wanted to help me. I got fucked over and screwed over by so many of these top-notch uh, Chicano labels. You know, I said, you know what, fuck this. I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. You know, and that's what happened. And now I've built two monsters. I've had people come up to me, hey, we want to buy Lowrider Life magazine off of you. How much do you want? Wow. We're going to pay you a couple hundred thousand. How much do you want? And wow. I'm just like, no, like, I don't want to sell. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm good right now, you know? Yeah. And it's and it's crazy to think that I've created two monsters that that have um, fed myself and my family. They have a future. That Yeah, yeah. they have a future. And ultimately, for, you know, for my kid, you know? And um, I've been able to, to feed my family with it uh, for, for two years. Awesome. Work, awesome. Working from home for two years just yeah. doing shows, like... 
You know, an, an example of putting yourself on, and I don't say this braggingly at all, but I got a job at 11 years old. I met a man who was very instrumental in my life. Uh, he passed away five years ago. I took it upon myself to uh, uh, bless his family with a documentary that, that me and my team did. Uh, uh, it, it was released. We started the podcast because I wanted to promote the documentary to shed light on this man's life so that his name would not be lost or forgotten in West Coast hip hop history. Mm -hmm. And through this, I meet you. That's and that's awesome. That, that's amazing. So thank God for technology because you know what? Put yourself on, dude. Don't you can wait do for it. it. Yeah, you don't can wait do for it. anybody. So anyway, so here's where we turn uh, to shout outs. Anybody you want to shout out or any last words you want to say, right now is the time to say it. So um, first of all, Thank you for inviting me out. I appreciate it. You're very uh, welcome. And uh, just a shout out to uh, Bayasa Clothing, my good homegirl that's always been there. Uh, OG Big Wicked, I know you're watching. I just saw you there. Um, my friends down at, uh, you know, Sonatone Distribution. Y'all know who you guys are. Um, and yeah, and all the fans especially, like, thank you for sticking next to me and, uh, being with me for what it's about it's not about the bullshit or the drama right. it's about it's about the music and the i music. think where a lot of people get it fuck they think they have to be in some kind of fucking dilemma to to get clout or views it's like no nah, i've managed to make a way you know without yes. all that, that stuff i don't need i don't need to say fuck her fuck this to sell records or show half my titties or be half naked on a camera i've done it without that like you can do it too trust yes. me you know yes. we, we have all the means and outputs to do it so thank you to the fans for you know always believing in me a uh, huge shout out to uh groove 99.3 back in bakersfield i love you guys um they're the reason why i'm why magic is magic dope so dope. um yeah awesome pretty awesome. much well, well let me say this if uh not, not if let me rephrase it when you blow the fuck up don't forget us small people because i'm gonna have you come back and do another interview no never okay never that so much love and respect to you and to your your career i love this keep doing keep doing you and much blessings uh, upon you and your family you know thank you for coming out and this is where i give uh my credits uh I want to thank, uh, first of all, John motherfucking Elkins, because without him, this would not be possible. He is uh, uh, pretty much my right-hand man. Um, you know, I, I thank the dude for, for uh, putting helping me put it, all this together. Also, uh, my boy, uh, DG, Daniel Jones, my camera guy. Uh, a lot of stuff that he did, I, we could not have done, uh, but he was very instrumental in this uh, docu-mixery. Um, other than that, I like to thank my son, B. Scandalous. Oh, you know who I wanted to give a shout out to? Uh, DJ Dominator. DJ Dominator is the homie. Uh, and uh, I'd like to give a, a shout out to Bakersfield. Much love and respect to Bakersfield. Uh, you know, hopefully if I go back on tour and do a rodeo mixtape tour where I go back and start cutting and scratching, stop Bakersfield, Oxnard, all up north, Texas, etc. Once again, the Rodeo Mixtape Documixery is available at DocuMixery.com. I see a couple of people have ordered it. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody who uh, gave on the Super Chat. You will get your product. As a matter of fact, we have some shirts, some glasses for you guys. So you guys can look just like Magic Girl. And um, also, uh, everybody who tuned in, uh, we got a special guest. Let's see, look, at somebody just gave another Super Chat. Uh, much love and respect to him. And... Um, Wednesday, I have two guests from the Harbor area. 
from the harbor area, you guys need to uh, tune in. Thursday is not being confirmed, but Thursday I'm doing a doubleheader where I come back Thursday night and hopefully I get to interview my boy from the Bronx, from New York. All you DJ vinyl heads are gonna wanna tune in on Thursday when he is here to kick some history about, and here's the clue, the ultimate breaks and beats. So if you're a producer and you're a DJ and you don't know about the ultimate breaks and beats, then you don't know hip hop. Okay, if you wanna learn about hip hop, you wanna learn about vinyl, you wanna learn about DJing, come on uh, uh, Thursday night. But Wednesday night, we got two guests from the Harbor area coming in and I will announce them tomorrow on IG, on YouTube and on uh, Facebook, okay? So once again, Magic Girl, thank you very much. Thank you. Blessings upon you and your family. Appreciate it. Um, once again, everybody, thank you. Much love and respect. May Steve Yano rest in peace, documentary.com, uh, Anchor, uh, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on all platforms. Johnny, can you put that up on the screen once again on all the platforms? And um, um, if they don't come up on the screen. Uh, I guess they're just stuck looking at you, huh? Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, shit. I wasn't ready. <laughs> he wasn't ready. Okay. But anyways, once again, Rodian Radio, and we out. It's the Magic Girl, Tony A. We out. Have a blessed night. God bless.